It's for weeks like this that I made the show. The drama, the tension, and most importantly, the turnabout. This is Renegades Rinkside, the evolving story of a minor hockey team, its players, coaches, and families, making one more run for the championship. Find out how they do and who they become along the way. The best hockey happens right here. Thank you for joining Renegades Rinkside, the minor hockey podcast that shines a light on the heart of a local team, the U18 AA Newmarket Renegades. Well, here's an update. If you've been missing your episodes, it's my fault because I've been sick. So I managed to assemble a bunch of recordings and interviews, too much in fact, and I'm going to split them up amongst a couple of episodes to get you up to date. The team has had an incredibly exciting and rewarding week. We're so proud of them. I can't wait to tell you all about it. We've also got a couple of special segments this week. In addition to the spirit of minor hockey, I'm going to be speaking with Ken Robertshaw. That's Cole's dad, number 18. You might remember him from a couple of weeks ago. I also sit down with defenseman number nine, Hank Hyder. Well, here's the great news. We're on a winning streak. First, uh, first day we just had the uh, our, our celebratory player of the game helmet and uh, and sledgehammer. Uh, <laughs> the player of the game Viking helmet. So it's just a, it's a couple of things to remind us to work hard and go out there and have fun. The music, the music's always rocking pretty solid. The guys today started off with a little bit of uh, a little bit of Black Sabbath and uh, a little bit of metal. And uh, they're all over the map, though. They've been listening to some Shania Twain, I think, a little bit earlier. And uh, today was just another good day of, uh, of tunes in the room. Yeah, from the beginning of the year, we talked about that, right? Like, it doesn't matter whether it's uh, life itself, uh, school, work, relationships, whatever it is, you're going to have moments that are going to be a little bit uh, more down than others. And it's how you respond to those that are going to define who you are. So our, our boys have really started to maybe grasp that. Um, and they're starting to buy into it and understand it. I think we were just throwing pucks at the net and hope for the best. That worked, though. We got the win. We got the win. Nice win for our guys because our guys know a lot of their guys. So it's a, it's a fun rivalry. I think uh, we stayed consistent with our forecheck and we didn't let up any defensive breakdowns like we did the other games that we stay consistent for uh, the whole game and we really took it to them. Yeah, power play starting to look good and uh, we've been working on it a bit and we're going to keep working on it. I, I think it can still get better but uh, the boys are moving to the pucks to the right spots and getting some good looks, getting some good shots and that's all you can ask for. And most importantly, the boys just brought home their first trophy of the year. On November 19th, the Renegades won the Paul Dossie Memorial Tournament. It took place in Bradford, Ontario. I'm going to share some of the details with you, but first I want to take a moment to reflect on why this is so important. As you know, we've been talking about the team reaching and climbing, reforming, and trying to recover from a series of ties and losses that have probably demoralized the team a little bit. This week's segment of the Spirit of Minor Hockey is all about turnabout. Every person, surely, is aware of their limitless potential. But for many of us, we choose at some point to compromise, to trade. Sometimes it'll be because the goal seems impossible for every person, for every team, comes at some point the moment of self-doubt. 
When uncertainty swells into despair, most teams fall to the bottom and stay there. When we question our limitless potential, we enter into a bargain with safety. Our human nature is to listen to the stories that we've been taught over the course of our lifetime. And as a result, our beliefs get smaller. But with the right kind of hard work, turnabout is possible. In fact, it's inevitable. At the beginning of each season, we're faced with two questions. What if? And but how? And the second question has legs. It's the source of fear and doubt. It doesn't take much failure for most players to stop asking those questions and start answering with, even if only in secret, we just can't. But if you're willing to grind it out just a little longer, to put the sweat in, even when it doesn't make sense, and there are no guarantees, something happens. I almost feel bad for teams that have it too easy because they won't have the DNA of a team that can't lose because they've put their trust and heart into a plan, into a commitment. And that's what happened to our renegades this weekend. In fact, the very meaning of the words renegades and turnabout are actually related. They both mean people who don't accept status quo. We refuse to use words like no chance. And when great coaching and great commitment meet to combine into the sweat that we deploy on the ice in practice, we win games. Games we didn't think we could win. And when you do enough of those, you start winning tournaments. You start climbing the standings. So we did. The question is, is this the moment that we'll all remember when we turned a corner? When the climb got just a little bit easier? Will we remember it as the moment where we got our confidence and got our legs and most importantly, changed our beliefs? That's why you got to stay connected to this podcast to find out what happens next. Okay, let me get on with it. I've known this young man probably since he was in grade three, long before he and my son played sports together. Over the years, it's been a privilege to get to know this family. Now, this young man is an athlete and a scholar. His presence on the defensive line cannot be understated. And in games where goals are hard to come by, don't be surprised to see him get more persistent, take more chances, and more often than not, collect a point or two. Could this be your new favorite new market renegade? Please welcome number nine, Hank Hyder. Hank, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for coming into my home and doing this thing with me. I wanted to start with where did you... You know, you've been, I remember you guys were in Super 7, and so you've been doing hockey for, how many years are we talking now, 12? Uh, it's, I think it's got to be something like that. I'm 16 now and started when I was about four. Okay, so you've been doing this for a while. Do you remember why you got into it? Like, what was the moment where you're like, dad, dad, mom, dad? I don't think it would have been me asking. I think either my dad or my mom would have signed us up for it. And my brother, who is three years older, started playing hockey at the same like time I did. So I think they decided to just put us in. I think it was like a house league thing at NTR to start off with. And that really right. got it going. And so were you hooked when that happened? Did you get, get a feel for it or did it take a little while? I think so. I think like, I don't remember it too much. It was a long time ago, but I remember stories my dad would tell me of me like shooting pucks on the driveway and like, I really liked it. So I think that stayed with me for a long time. I think if we were to look at stats, I don't know if you know the stats, I don't have them handy, but I'm going to guess that most defensemen, 
might be lucky if they get, I don't know, how many goals a year? Like five, that kind of thing. It's not a big number, right? No, not too many. But you seem to be good for every now and again, you'll get one from the blue line. You and Will Spencer are pretty solid for putting pucks in every once in a while. Does that feel like it's a little bit bigger number for you? Like you get more goals than the average defenseman? Maybe I get more, but I also know that I take more like chances than I probably should sometimes, but I definitely will throw the puck on net. But like most of the time, it's the forwards in front of the net that really help out because the shot, the goalie will save it like almost every time. Right, right. But then when the forwards are in front of the net, they're screening, they're tipping, there's something going on there. Right. Or it's a quick pass from the D partner that really gets it going. You take more risks than the average bear. Yeah, definitely. So how does that, let's talk about it from a broader sense. How does that help you in other sports? And do you think that that's a superpower in life? Someone who's willing to take risks and try things and just say, uh, you know, I don't know if my shot's like, one in a hundred or one in a thousand here, but I'm going to go for it anyway. Do you think that that changes how you show up every day? I think like for sure, for most stuff it does. And I'm able to, like I know stuff for school, I'm able to more like do what I know is right rather than taking a crazy risk. But for sports, for sure, uh, trying to take that shot that most people wouldn't or try to do that move that like I normally couldn't do. Right. But if I feel something, I'll go for it. And I know that I have the team or the defense partner to back me up. So let's talk about leadership. When we think about your dad and what he does, he's heavily involved in sports. Professionally, he works with athletes all the time. So your mom's principal of a school. To what extent do you think your parents' passions and professions inform or influence what you might do next? There's definitely like, I've been interested in being a, like, being a teacher after because I'm not too sure what I want to go into. But I know that I like, co- like I would like coaching sports and teaching and hanging out with like people around my own age, and maybe I uh, go back and teach at my own school. That'd be pretty interesting with all the sports and stuff that go on there. And then with my dad, like that's always been really cool seeing him interact with all the sports guys and stuff. So that would definitely be a dream if I could end up being on a team like that. So what do you, I, you do well in school, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll do good. Okay, good. So what what do you think you're going to do next in terms of education? I think I'm going to go to university and we'll see if I'm able to get good enough at volleyball and go somewhere for that. Mm-hmm. Like obviously going south would be really fun and good down to California or Florida, but I don't think that really will happen. It just doesn't Super seem, competitive or? Yeah, there, is it? I'm, like, I'm not good enough, I don't think, for that. So staying around here would be good. Going to some of the schools, I saw Western, that was pretty cool. And Queens is definitely nice. Or going to BC, I like skiing. Well, I like skiing, so that'd be fun. And what is it about your position on the team, do you think? And I'm talking both your position as a defenseman, but also as you know, a leader throughout the history of the team. When people talk about you, they talk about your leadership on and off the ice. So what is it, do you think, about that position that's a reflection of your character, your strengths, maybe your values. You think you're a, a born leader? Or are you an outspoken person, extrovert? What is it about you? I think definitely that I can be an extrovert and outspoken. But I think most of the time, if you just try to do what's right and not worry about if you have a letter or whatever it is, and you just act the same, it it'll like the position of leadership will come to you or it won't, and you're fine with that. Right, right. So it's whatever. So are you happy 
being of service as much as being, I mean, obviously as a defenseman, you don't get some of the glory that a forward or a centerman might. So are you okay playing that role of protecting the net and setting up the shots? Yeah. And I think as, as a D and as a leader too, you're not really like, if you're the captain, you're not like the team isn't serving you. You should be serving the team and looking out for them. And it's the same with the defense. Like the forward shouldn't be helping you. You should be trying to facilitate for everyone else. So video games, one of your obsession, what, what do you, games do you like? Um, I think just like every other kid, I have been into Fortnite when it first came out and then also gotten into like Call of Duty and some of the NHLs. Most of the time it's been with just my brother and even my dad. Sometimes I remember playing NHL three on three in like our living room. Yeah. And it was always a like good time. Your dad's been on the bench on and off with this team for many years. Yeah, uh, as one of the trainers. What's it like being able to spend time with your old man like that? It's good. Yeah. Seeing him and he really he really enjoys being in the room and helping everyone. That's one of his big things, like just helping people. And he likes having a good room set up. When you see him go in, he'll set all the tape up, sweep, make sure there's like the water's down the drain after we all shower. Really? And he, he might be a little OCD, but he's definitely good at what he does. And it's nice to see him like enjoy it. That's what I like about your dad is that he clearly knows what he's doing. So if you have an injury and he's looking at you, he knows what needs to be done. And that's a, people like that, I think are a little bit rare. Are you like him in that way? I think some of the times I'm pretty good at problem solving, but... I don't have the same expertise that he does in anything. Probably he is, he's done what he's done for a long time and figured that out. I think if I am able to find something that I'm passionate about like that and really go into it, I have the potential to be, but I'm just not there yet. Have you ever beaten Maddie at Chell? No, no, (laughs) neither have I. Don't feel bad. He tried to loop me into it multiple times. He's like, oh, I don't really know how to play that well. Yeah, it's like, you shark you. You shark you. Uh, Hank, I've always enjoyed watching you play. If you didn't know that, if I haven't told you before, I, I really love watching you on the ice. So well, I'm looking you. forward to this year. What do you think? I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on what we need to do in order to get ourselves in front of that um, that Kingston Championship weekend? I think that we really need to come together as a team. And we're not always, always going to win every game. We've been on a tying streak lately. And we just have to, we get up and then we have to, they score one on us. We have to let it go and not get down on ourselves and let it just roll off. That's what we got to do. Awesome. Hank, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. Well, on the road to this weekend's victory, we had quite a few games. We started building back-to-back wins thanks to some great goaltending, a couple of shutouts, incredible contribution from the defense, and perhaps most important, better coordination to create more scoring opportunities and increasing our ability to take advantage of those opportunities. It all started with our coaches going back to basics, creating a plan, even though the whole Renegades family was impatient for a win. There's some things we had to sort out first. We knew we had to stay out of the penalty box. We knew we had to communicate better. We knew we had to settle in, find more opportunities, see the game better, and most importantly, we knew we could never quit. And if we focused on those, sooner or later, it would have to pay dividends. So after a few weeks of the boys doing the right things, and not always coming up with the result that they wanted, it finally started to pay off. 
let's hear from some of the boys. I went down and then the goalie left the whole top right corner open. I just put it right there. Uh, I thought they got a lot of guys, a lot of traffic in front. It was hard to see some of the pucks and uh, they were right on their rebounds, but our D did a great job of clearing the front of the net. Yeah, I mean, I just, I got the puck at the top and, and then I saw the open lane, so I started skating. The guy came at me, I brought it around him and then all I saw was the left corner and I just, I just took that shot and went in and I, I don't know, it was just, I saw it and I took it, so. We matched their physical game. We played really physical and we worked really hard. So. I see you had the Viking hat of doom. You won that. You earned that. What yeah. Was, what was it for? What was uh, I think just do, uh, just doing my best, just trying my hardest. That's why I got it. I thought uh, I thought we were a lot more disciplined. We only took two penalties tonight, so that was big. That helped us out, not killing um, a lot. So. Don't back down and uh, don't be scared to go into the corners with them and uh, yeah, keep your head up. Yeah, no, I think we played a really good physical game, worked hard. Zami was our best player out there for sure. He had, he had uh, I think, two crossbars out there tonight. Could have, could have probably had a hat trick if he, could, if he buried. But, uh, yeah, no, we played a good defensive game, offensive game all around. That was a fun game. Uh, they weren't as physical as the first game, I'm not going to lie. I think it was a big one in the semifinal when we were down 2 nothing. Uh, the boys showed a lot of character and resilience coming back and it was nice to see them get rewarded for it, to know that they can do it and uh, believe in themselves, and, and it carried over into the final. Like That TNT team is a good team, and they are good players, really good players, but we have a lot of good players too. And um, so it's just nice to see the boys, boys come together and finish the job and come out with the dub, for sure. It's buying into the game plan at the beginning of the night and, and committing to a full game, and that's sort of been our issue as the season's gone on, but this last couple of games, and actually, I'd say even longer than that, we've really started to commit the three periods of hockey and, and simplifying things and kind of just focusing on the things that are that is our core values as a team. And it, when we saw that today, it was we shut that one out. That was pretty good. The energy was there. The emotion was up. They're starting to play like brothers. They're lifting each other up, pumping each other's tires. That's going to be the key right there. The winds are going to keep coming. In this next segment, Ken Robertshaw, talks to us about the importance of what goes on off the ice. Inside the dressing room is where much of the team building actually happens. As the year progresses, slowly over time, we build new friendships. We learn to support each other better. We come to trust one another. And once that bond is built, it allows us to get the results that we want. Ken Robert Shaw has been around hockey for quite some time now. It's my pleasure to welcome him here. It's nice to see you again, my friend. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this discussion. I'll tell you why. I always loved your approach to coaching. I want your input on some stuff. Particularly, I'm fascinated by what they did this week. Yeah, this is fantastic. one hell of a turnaround. What was your yeah. take on how we managed to win that tournament out of the blue? Well, listen, you know what? This is a good team. I, I really like watching this team. We saw some really good things on the weekend. Um, I thought the guys were really physical. Um, they played hard, they're ready. They came to the rink prepared, ready to go. And I thought that was fantastic. Listen, the, the second game and on Sunday, or sorry, the first game on Sunday with the, uh, with the semis was fantastic. We're down two nothing. We come back, we tied the game up and now we're going into overtime. And three on three. How fun is that to watch? 100%. That's the title of this week's episode is Turnabout. And so what do you think caused that? 
I, I honestly, I think the guys just kept going. You, you, again, two nothing. It's tough to hold a two nothing lead. It's very it's tough. We just kept going, never gave up. And luckily, you know, we got some fantastic shots. We had lots of chances, and finally was able to bury the two. Now going into uh, going into the third, uh, guys continued to work hard. Lots of pressure again, physical finishing checks, and uh, and then we go into overtime. And the overtime, listen, we had tons of chances on the overtime, lots of chances, which was fantastic. Had a couple of good chances to bury it, didn't. And then we go to the shootout. And uh, that was stressful on its own, I'm sure. Lots of guys, it was tough to watch which way, who you're watching. Um, our goalies were fantastic all weekend. And, uh, and then Wooly ends up burying it for us for, uh, for the win. And that was great. There's something, you and I had a side conversation we were talking about what happens off the ice. So between the games, there's, right. you know, when they're in the change room, getting, uh, getting mentally ready before the game. Right. And then there's how they choose to celebrate or not celebrate and lift each other up during the losses, but also pat each other on the back during the wins. When you were coaching our boys, you had that worker helmet. Mm-hmm. And it was signed by every kid on the team. Right. Yeah. Now, you didn't just give that out to the kid who scored the most points in a game. What determined who got that recognition? Well, for me, and again, it, it does always start in the dressing room. And uh, guys coming to the rink, feeling, you know, positive, feeling good about themselves, taking that whole positive vibe into the, into the dressing room and really... Um, allowing the guys to, to, to work together in that room, talk, communicate. Cause listen, we're hanging out, you know what, an hour or two before the game. So the guys really need to gel. And it's important that, uh, you know, we, we get into the warm up. We feel that, you know, we get together, we we're, we're kicking the soccer ball around or something like that, which is fantastic. So that team's gelling even before we hit the ice. So I thought it was always important that guys come prepared bringing that positive vibe into the room. Everybody has the same drive for success. And that was so key. And you watch that right from the beginning in the room. You watch guys and other guys coming to the room and watching guys prepare and how they get ready. And they look at those guys and go, wow, you know what? I need to get ready like him. He's ready to play in the game. And this is how you get onto the ice. And and when you pick that 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 player of the game or or the guy that's worked the hardest, it really starts how he brings it to the ice or to the rink. And, uh, and that's what we do. We, we, we look at the guy. It's not necessarily the guy that scores three or four goals in the game, but it's the guy that, that has the right work ethic. Thinking about the victory game, we right. went back and faced a team that I think clobbered us 4-1 first time we saw them. To what extent do you think the win over Cumberland energized the boys, got them even more bonded and motivated to not just do okay in this tournament, but to win the cup. Yeah, no, listen, you know, after an exciting game like that, where you're, where you're down to and you're coming back and then boy, oh boy, when you get into the, uh, the three on three, yeah, I mean, everybody's into it, right? Everybody, you know, all those guys, they want to be the guy that get out there to score that goal and have that drive and to be that guy. And then I think, you know, with the shootout, it's a little bit nervous, but uh, listen, we win. We leave the rink, everybody's happy. And it's been a great weekend for the guys to be hanging out together, which is fantastic. And I think moving from this into the future will be a real positive note, I think. And I think one more thing that it did that's so important is that I think the coaches always had a plan because coaches do. When coaches realize that we're gapped, 
they're thinking in their heads, how are we going to straighten out this problem? Whether it's, you know, a specific skill that they need to drill on, whether it's mental prep or mindset that they got to talk to the boys about, it doesn't matter. A great coach is going to be able to see where the gaps are mm-hmm. and at least say, maybe I don't know how to fix this, but this is what I'm going to try. Right. And I think our coaches did a great job of saying, stay out of the penalty box, get disciplined. Yeah. Let's make cleaner passes. Let's communicate better. Let's focus on fundamentals. Let's not get emotional and ahead of ourselves. Because when we try to play beyond our speed, we start flipping pucks. You know, they're they're bouncing over the tape. The whole bit, it just comes apart. And then we lose our emotional control and we Mm -hmm. come apart as players. And I think they did the right thing by saying fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Focus on the basic stuff and the rest will come together. Oh, oh, for sure. And I think, you know, when you're winning games, it, it becomes a little easier coaching. And then you can start looking at the things that, you know, as you win games, okay, what what's working? And then start breaking it down a little bit. Maybe for us, our power play needs to be more successful. You know, there's always going to be a ton of power plays throughout the year. So, and you saw it on the weekend. There's lots of opportunities to take advantage of that. And I think maybe we scored one or two goals on the power play. So that's something definitely, you know, you're winning games, but how do you really take advantage of, you know, winning more games? And maybe that's what it is now. You start looking at the power play and goes, because there is opportunity where maybe you take that to practice now. Go, guys, listen, our power play is not working well. Let's go to practice, work on that, and look at what what will work. Maybe it's, it's just a matter of looking having patience with the puck, looking at those open seams, because there's probably a lot of opportunity where we can move the puck around, around a little more than what we are, and then getting those great opportunities to score goals. You could, you could take 50 shots on the net, but you're not putting any in. So you really have to look at what's wrong with that. Maybe I'm sh- just shooting the puck, not looking for those great opportunities that could be there. You had a history in hockey. When I interviewed Cole and I asked him why he was in the game, he says, because my dad... Yeah. And because of my brother, right? Yeah. So you had a long history with hockey. As a coach, you were always one of those coaches that was always present, always in the room. You weren't one to say no to the gatherings and stuff. You were always consistently there. And from your experience, what was it like when you were coming up playing hockey? Where did you learn these lessons so that you could turn around and coach them? Well, I grew up in a small town of 7,000 people in Strathroy. So it was really a real small community. And we had some great coaches back, you know, real hockey town of Strathroy was fantastic. We had some really good coaches back then. When I was, you know, 30 years older, I wasn't thinking about coaching. And then once you have the guys, you're thinking, okay, you know what? I'm going to give it back a little bit. And, uh, and you take what you learned when you were 16, 17 years old from those coaches and you kind of implement that into your, your uh, hockey career right. as a coach. And, and I think it's so important what I learned when, you know, communication was so important right from the room, the coaches go into the room, we're communicating with the guys. And then that takes, you take it right to the bench as well. So while the game's going on, you're going to communicate to the players, you know, what's working, what's not, there should always be some sort of chatter going on throughout the whole game, not just from the coaches, but the players as well. They need to talk to each other, communicate. And that's how you really become a successful winning team is all about communication. In the beginning, as a parent, we're like, "Uh uh-oh, what if we keep struggling Mm -hmm. to win? What if we're always in the loss of the tie column? And and what if it's just, you know, this is just the year where we don't do as well. 
But again, reliance on that process, right? including all the stuff that you're talking about off the rink, is so important. Let me ask you this. As Cole's dad, what do you think this will do? How will this serve them outside hockey? Well, you know what? With hockey, and, and, and it's really about discipline, isn't it? They kind of set some sort of discipline in coming to the room. You're, you're, well, it's fantastic. The guys wear suits coming to the game. You know, that's great. So it really shows that uh, you're professional in that way. So you're going to take that professionalism into your workplace, um, being disciplined, showing up to, to practices on time, you know, getting game ready. Those sort of things are going to go right into the job. And I, and I think that's great. And that's where, you know, sport is fantastic that way, you know, of really bringing the young guys up and, and, and really being able to communicate to people, um, being able to understand what it's like to, to have great work ethic. And it all starts in sport. And, and I think that's really what these guys are going to get out of this way by the time we're done is I'm going to feel so confident going into a job that's, you know, up and listen, getting into the workforce is difficult, right? You have to be the guy that wants it over someone else. And it's no different in hockey, right? When you go to the tryouts, you want to be that you're trying to push somebody else out because you believe you're the guy that's better. And that's, what's going to happen going to the workforce, I believe. Absolutely. One last question for you. Again, I want to stress the coaches are doing such a great job, but if these were your boys, mm -hmm. what would you tell them? Listen, the coaching staff's doing a great job. I, you know, I have a lot of trust in this staff for sure. I think what they've done so far is, is it has been really great. I know that uh, it's not easy being a coach and you're, you know, we only see, at the game or if you're at practice, you see them a little bit, but when you go home, coaches are still working and they're still putting the time in and it's very difficult to do. Right. And, and especially when you're not winning games, it's, it's a struggle. You got to go home and you think about, boy, oh boy, what are we going to do to change this? Right. And, but the guys, our players have to think to themselves, like what, what can I do as an individual to make things better too? And, 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 you know, even in practice for me, um, Practice is so important. You want to show up at practice, put that time in and get into practice. Go, hey, what didn't work in my last game that I should work on here in practice? And, and coaches put great drills. Our coaches put great drills together. But really, it's not just going through the motion of the drills. It's really figuring out as an individual player, what can I do to improve my game while I'm doing this drill? So maybe we're not putting the puck in, in the net enough. So when you go to practice as a player, you need to think to yourself, while I'm doing this drill, maybe I should focus on trying to put the puck in the net, looking for those opening spots while I'm doing the drill. And those as individuals think to themselves, okay, this is what I need to do and improve my game. Mm -hmm. But again, going back to the coaches, yeah, it's, it's not an easy job. And, and for me, what would I say to the guys? It's, it's, it's really about communicating, coming to the rink real, with a real great positive attitude and then leaving that rink thing. And you know what? I just had a great, great practice. I just felt what we were just touching based on. I just focused on what I need to do to get better. And I left. I, I thought I did really well. I left the rink and, and you take that right into the game. And, you know, as, as, and again, that message to the guys is just keep moving forward. Keep pushing forward, guys. Things are going to work out for you. And if you can focus on those sort of that, having that right mindset, I think is, is so key that boy, oh boy, I'm not, and, and it, to think as an individual, I know coaches help coaches guide, they guide, but as a player, it's really about when you're sitting there and, and even sitting there during the game, 
If you're not on the ice, you're still engaged. And that's what I always told my players. Even though you're not on the ice for that 30 seconds, guys, you're still engaged in the game. You're still sitting there on the bench going, what am I going to do for my next shift? How am I going to be successful? And that as a player, you, you put all that package together, become a really, really good player, really good person as an individual. That's right. Ken, thanks so much. Great. Thanks for having me. So this week, we won't drill down too much on the individual game commentary, but in our next episode, we'll get back to normal. We'll share with you the opinions and the stats and the observations. And trust me, you can feel the excitement piling up. So friends, make sure you share this show with other people in the community who are involved in local sport in any way or people who just love the game of hockey. But most importantly, don't forget to join us so you can watch the U18 AA Newmarket Renegades develop this season. All of the excitement is right here. You don't need to go any further than your local hometown to come and see great hockey. Let's see if all of this training and focus and hard work and sweat allows us to show up in a new and more competitive way. Please don't forget to check out renegadesrinkside.ca. That's where you can grab the latest episodes, subscribe so that you never miss a show, and also find out when the next games are happening and where. And finally, don't forget that podcasts are a great way to tell your brand's story. Whether you're a sports team, a business, an entrepreneur, an artist, or a creator. And if you'd like help getting the message out there, you can reach out at contact at fusechamber.com. Let's get out there. I'll see you rinkside. You won't want to miss a single game. Let's go Renegades.